What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prophecy Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. Um, this is the Repack. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up to people, Tex. What's up, everybody? Sorry, it's been a, a long couple of weeks. We, uh, Christmas Day games or Christmas Eve games are, are rough. <laughs> so. Buns, I hate them. Oh. I don't like working them. I understand the league just prints money off of them. Uh, yeah. What is it? I saw there was some number that like the NFL 10 times what the NBA did for viewership on Christmas Day. Insane. Uh, this time. So, I mean, it helps that they had a, at least one really, really good game on Christmas Day with that uh, San Francisco Baltimore one. But yeah, true. even so, um, hey, guys, we're we're sitting in the seventh seed again. That was fun. And we just beat Did the it? piss out of the Vikings. Which is even more so, fun. Oh, yeah. man. That oh, was great. Dude, I, I harassed the Reef through DMs <laughs> and publicly um, all this week. Cause, so, uh, first of all, apologi- apologies for the intercepted episode this week. Um, I literally am so dumb that I just left it in the drafts on Friday. Uh, <laughs> didn't hit publish, so that's why you guys didn't get to hear it until Saturday. Um but yeah, Reef was like, "There's no way you actually think Jordan Love is any good." Oh, buddy, he's gonna he's gonna have to live that one down. Um, Love played extremely well. And Annecy North fans are gonna be very sad for another ten to fifteen years. Man. We're back. Oh. That's what I keep saying. Every stat I, <laughs> I'm getting, I just DM a Reef and say, 15 more years." <laughs> Fifteen more years. Um, yeah. So, Joe Barry got a game ball, and the team Ugh. didn't want to put it on video. It was pretty funny. That um, was you, oh man. So the team sends out like these videos of you know the post game you know, uh, locker room speech that Lafleur does. Right, usually involves game balls. Um, doesn't necessarily just like give one out. Right, like maybe there's a couple uh, standout performances. Um, it's funny because. You get, I, I think it's like a minute twenty something seconds into it. You see Joe Barry holding a football, but they never showed Joe Barry actually getting the game ball from Matt Lafleur. So I am feeling a little bit of anxiety going into twenty twenty four that Barry is in a position where maybe a three game stretch at the end of the season. Um, you know, including you know, we're talking at this point like including a wild card performance if they can you know pull off an upset there. Um, could potentially save his job. I think that is still on the table at this point, even though uh, that is something Packers fans probably don't even want to think about, consider any of that stuff. We ran a poll uh, last week um, about, you know, do you consider this team a success, right? And about three-quarters of people said, yeah, this team, we, we count this season as a success. Um, the offensive side, overwhelmingly, people called it a success. One percent of people called the defense a success. Um, <laughs> he's got to be the least popular guy in Green Bay right now. And 
I don't know, but like, dude, Matt does. Like, every indication is that Matt does not want to fire him. So, I would keep an eye on that situation moving forward. Like, if I don't know, if you hold the Bears to like zero points, like I think it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. You you have such a, a an incredibly bad three week stretch: Giants, Bucks, Panthers, and like some of us kind of talked about that. Maybe that Panthers game was the best case scenario, right? The defense plays so bad that you can't imagine Barry coming back, but they still find a way to win the game anyway. Um, and then, I mean, they came out and they actually looked like they had a competent game plan against, you know, a, a rookie quarterback who was clearly in over his head, um, blitzing him a lot more than the Packers usually do. Um, and then, you know, they switch over to Mullins and, Still bringing some pressure on him a little bit, and 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 were, were you worried rush. when Mullins came in? No, and you were like, uh, no. I was a little worried because the the Packers <laughs> weren't able to. I mean, they could have put their foot on their throat, right? I mean, I think there were like two other opportunities in the first half that the Packers could have gotten points when they didn't. Um, and I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if you know twenty points was enough, so. <laughs> I was no, a little, I, I was a little worried. I, I was I was not concerned at that point. Um, and I mean, look again. They're only the Vikings' only touchdown came after the muff punt, which, by the way, yeah. Samori Toure just what went on went on injured reserve with a injured ego today. I don't know. I don't know what I, what that yeah. transaction is all about. I don't know, but that. That entire game was just like, oh, yeah, Bo Melton is why we're not going to hear about Samari Toure for a long time. There would be, had to be several injuries. And, yeah, they, they you know, basically get swapped uh, today. I think the Packers still have one more open roster spot because um, they've had a cluster of all these, all these uh, transactions. But if I'm keeping track of this right, the Packers are only at 52 players. So... They can bring someone up, and you know, the main person you look at, I I would think is uh, Musgrave, right? Um, yeah, he'd be the one you consider um, there. So, yeah, I the the other hilarious thing coming out of this game, right, is we're gonna go back, you know, ten years from now, and say it's gonna be a trivia question: Who was the first Packer in the twenty twenty three season to record a one hundred yard receiving game that year? And Bo Melton's going to be the answer. And if anybody actually believed that he was going to be the first guy to do it this season, you are a liar, and I don't want to hear it. I have Bo Melton in, in my uh, Madden franchise that I have with a couple <laughs> other sports writers, and all he does is run the end arounds for me. So I mean, he's probably got like a 95, 96 speed, right? Like Good speed. You could get him yeah. for cheap. Yeah, yep. get him off of the practice squad. That's Love it. what I've been doing. Um <laughs> Packers offense just looking in general. Aaron Jones, 120 yards rushing. Patrick Taylor, I know, you know, eight for 30 does not look, or uh, AJ Dillon, sorry, um, seven for 27 doesn't look impressive. I didn't realize Taylor and Dillon got the equal split. Uh, I guess I guess that's because of the end of game stuff when like Sean Clifford came in and stuff like that too. Um, Dillon's numbers don't look impressive, but I thought he was running pretty hard. Mm -hmm. um, it was a fun little chess match and. I'm really excited about the fact that love can play those games now. Cause I mean, we had the worries about, you know, I mean, just it happens in the NFL where you have a young quarterback and you kind of tether yourself to a center because 
you don't really want to change up that whole protection. Um, I guess like the mechanics of how you're going to call out protections and stuff like that. And I think that might have something to do with why Josh Myers has kind of been the uncontended center for, for the Packers. Um, I mean, from the first play of the game, Jordan Love is out there barking stuff at the offensive line based off of the, what the Vikings are doing. The Vikings will check to his check and then he'll get into another check. Um, thought that that was really nice to see. I mean, that's, he, that's a veteran thing. And we're seeing this out of a first year quarterback who, by the way, is like what fifth in EPA since the first Vikings game. So like, I don't know, guys, are we not supposed to be excited? I'm pretty excited <laughs> right now. Yeah. I mean, the, I know the Vikings had a bunch of guys out on defense. Um, DJ Wanham, I think, yeah. was out. He's one of their top pass rushers. But I mean, they've still got Danil Hunter. Um, there, there's still some some players on that front seven, and they got a combined total of three quarterback hits and zero sacks on Jordan Love in this game. Yeah. Well done, guys. <laughs> uh Josh Metellus, I know everyone talks about him as a special teams guy, and you know, he does all sorts of stuff. He basically plays like edge defender sometimes from like the safety position and all that stuff. They abused him in coverage. I mean, there yeah. was there was a couple times it was just one on one. They would take advantage of him. There was the what was it? There was the long like crosser that looked wide open, and the reason for that was because Bennett or uh, Mart Mart Metellus, sorry, um, <laughs> was basically asked to do like a baseball turn in the middle of the field as like kind of a post safety type of situation. And he just cannot make those movements and just ended up losing the crosser. Um, they had a good game plan for this game. I, I was pretty excited to see that because, you know, you're, you, they had weeks against some of these blitz fronts teams that were not the best, right? But then they also had, like, you know, you beat Spagnolo, You do all that stuff, right? So I thought it was good to see. Um, yeah. As far as the playoff stuff goes. Made it real simple for us. It's Winner easy, in, baby. It's easy. We're uh, in. in. Uh, I, I I had it in today's cards, right? Like this is where we were last year, and so yep. it, it it feels very familiar. They just need to make damn sure that um they don't come out flat like they did in week eighteen last season. And I don't know, based on everything that we're hearing coming out of this team, uh, just feels like a totally different vibe than than where it was last year to me. Yeah. They're young. They they don't they don't know that they weren't supposed to be in this position. They you know they're they're just going to go out and play and um and have some fun with it. And and I don't know. I I feel good about where this team is at and um you know and how they match up with Chicago. You excited for if it's a loss? Uh, Jordan no. go to the press conference and saying you know hey, I don't know if I'm going to be here next year. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so happy to not have to fucking deal with that five seconds after dealing with a heartbreaking season-ending loss. Mm -hmm. God damn. Good luck, Jets. (laughs) Um, There is technically ways for the Packers to not win and make it in. Um, I'm going to spare you of the tie scenarios. If the tie pops up, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, But if Minnesota loses and Seattle loses... Uh, the Packers need either Tampa to lose or the Saints to lose to advance into the playoffs. So you need three teams um, in both scenarios, Minnesota and Seattle both need to lose. And then it's either Tampa or New Orleans. Um, so that's, that's how that goes. 
Yeah, and that's what Minnesota's got Detroit in Detroit. Yeah. Do uh, Detroit have anything to play for at this point? They I must have think, seeding. I think they're locked into the three seed. Um, I think that's what I saw, but I, there was, I I saw it on Twitter today. There was somebody talking about, you know, is Campbell going to play any of his guys because they have nothing to play for. And knowing Dan Campbell, like he'll probably play, I would guess. I mean, maybe they sit him after a half or something, but he doesn't seem like a guy who wants to sit. Well, and now, now that I'm, now that I'm looking at it, there is seating. They could still end up as the, the, either the two or the three, depending on what happens with the, the NFC East. So yeah, there is, there is some seating on the line for them. And then Seattle, Seattle must be playing Arizona. Yes. Um, which I don't know. I mean, well, I guess the Cardinals just beat the Eagles, but yeah. And that one I think is in air. Yep. That one's in Arizona. And then you, we got Vikings, we got Seahawks. And then you said it was, Champa the, that's right. So they're both playing. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to cheer for the Falcons for uh, in the early game against the Saints because I don't see the Panthers <laughs> pulling off an upset against the Bucks. But what I mean, do you? The Panthers played us so well. <laughs> yeah, and then did what exactly? Nothing. In week dude. 17. It was like 50 net passing yards. When so you include all the sacks and stuff, just oh embarrassing. God. Again, I understand why Packers fans are anxious about bringing Joe Barry back. I I also don't think that he's good at his job. Um, <laughs> we'll see what defensive coordinators are out there in the market. Um, I still kind of hope they look at the college level more than anything else. Um, Jimmy, come home, Jimmy. Come home, James. Come home, Mama's <laughs> calling. Um. Anything else that we want to touch on this game before we get into the five checks? I'm trying to. Uh, I mean, a couple couple of injuries popped up, right? Jaden Reed got banged up. Yeah. Basically, didn't play at all in the second half after having 90 yards and two scores in the first half. Um, that first touchdown to Reed, where you know he finally he he ran the route the right way. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the because he had that same kind of play against the Vikings in that first game and he flattened his yeah. route off too much and kind of ran into the safety this time he um he cut it up field better and um just that was an absolutely bonkers throw from Jordan Love um just the way he kind of torques his body and and puts it on a dime 40 yards downfield um that that's i mean we've we've seen some really good throws from him this season um i'm thinking of the one just a week or two ago to read in the the back corner of the end zone but that one physically um, is right up there, and and I think you know his top maybe three or four from this season. Fifteen more years, baby. <laughs> Fifteen more years of this. Let's do it. Meanwhile, the Vikings are gonna have to give a contract to what thirty-five-year-old Kirk Cousins coming off of an Achilles tear. Let's go, baby. This is have perfect. fun with that. Oh yeah. Chicago has no idea what they want to do with the quarterback situation. <laughs> Detroit is about to pay Jared Goff. We are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Chishon had eleven tackles. Holy crap! How did that he was happen? he was in on everything, and yeah, it, it wasn't that it was one of those where he was you know they were just getting picked on down the field. He was just in everywhere. Um, I don't know. He, he another you know eighty five percent snap game for him, which is pretty standard for. You know the Packers' usage of of him and and nickel, but um, yeah, eleven tackles on forty five snaps, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, he was a madman. Nuts. Um, Anders, 
Ah, Anders. That's what I think. That's five PATs he's missed this season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a league high. Um, really glad that one didn't come back and bite us in the ass. I'm gonna look off, look up, um, kickback touchback percentage. Because I was shocked when I looked this up a while back how low the Packers were. Yeah, the Packers are still last in the NFL in touchback percentage this year. And they were last year. Um, They were by a significant margin last year. This year, it's just kind of, they're at least within, you know, striking range of the other low low teams. But like, to Dallas's kicker that they got out of the MLS and then, what was it, (laughs) USFL. Yeah. He's getting touchbacks at 93% clip. Green Bay's at a 45% clip. I mean, literally half of that. Uh, Anders is supposed to have a big leg too, right? Like, And and in this yeah. game, you're indoors. So obviously you've got perfect conditions. And he only put one of seven t- or kickoffs in as a touchback. I know Nwangu was probably taking a couple of them out a little bit. But even so, like, just boot those things through the back of the end zone. In their last three, the Packers have a touchback percentage of 26%. <laughs> Pretty bad. Not great. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is 22. So 22, the number was 22.5% of the kicks going for touchback. So technically. Slightly better. We've doubled. Than... We've, do- we've doubled. <laughs> so what, 22.5, 45, next year, 90%, yep. right? That's how this Let's go. Break. Let's do it. All right. Let's take a break, and then we'll get into vibe checks. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right. Off at the side of the ball. Um, Obviously, right, I mean, 100-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver, Jordan Love throws three touchdowns. That's all thumbs up. I want to talk about the offensive line real quick. Yeah. How many snaps did... Sean Ryan actually play in this game because I know he was in for the second drive. Yeah, so looking at the snap counts, Ryan had 39 snaps. Um where is Runyon had 42. Ryan probably came in for a little bit late in the game, you know, when Clifford yeah. came in for that last drive or two. But I mean, it was it was close to a 50-50 split in this game. Interesting. Mhm. Um, Keep that in mind when we talk about the draft this year. I know we're still in season mode, but I think left tackle and right guard are potentially spots that could be wide open, and then who knows what you do with the center situation moving forward. Um, I mean, we got to remember John Runyon's in a contract year, so he's going to be a free agent this spring. Um, If they're already kind of phasing him out of the offense to some extent, find it hard to believe that they're going to make a, a serious run at extending him unless he comes yeah, back yeah, yeah. with basically no market at all. I mean, he's he's definitely hitting the market when free agency opens, for sure, right? Um, 
And yeah, I, I have a hard time imagining he comes back unless he has just no market whatsoever. And, you know, he takes a, a cheap one year deal to come back and try to you know, earn his starting job back. Yeah. And even then it seems like, uh, I mean, we've talked about this with like practice squad guys before, right? Where it's like, you know, you give them two years, you still haven't moved up to the 53. Like at some point you just got to move on or go somewhere else. Same thing. You know, if you're on the 53, you get re-signed to the practice squad. Don't come back up that entire season. Right. Maybe you sign a futures deal with someone else. Cause you just need a different set of eyes on you and you're not getting any film. Right. Runyon went from an uncontested starter to a guy who's rotating in games. So, you know, that's a pretty hard sell to say, like, hey, I want to go back. I would assume his agent or representation or whatever would probably be in his ear trying to tell him, like, you need to go somewhere else where you can be the full-time guy instead of do this split-time thing again. So, Yeah. The other thing from the snap counts on on the O-line that I thought was real interesting was uh, Rashid Walker played 100% of the snaps. We have not seen Nyman, I think, in either of the last two games in meaningful yeah. action. I mean, the only eight snaps he got, again, were that Clifford drive. He came in at right tackle for, for Zach Tom uh, instead. So, yeah, that's another one where don't don't see any way he's back next season. Yeah. That, that whole situation was so weird because the way yeah. that they talked about it was um, very hairy high school, to be honest. Um <laughs> Where they were like, yeah, we got to give them both snaps so they're both engaged throughout the week. I'm like, what? Yash Nyman's making $4 million. He's got to be a free agent next year. Why <laughs> isn't he locked in, you know, even if he's working off of the bench? I, I don't get it. Um, very odd. I'm I'm excited to see what type of uh, tomfoolery they're going to pull on the offensive line the first week of the playoffs. I, <laughs> that's going to be great. Um, it'll be like, yeah. Sean Ryan, you are now the starting left tackle. Congratulations. Uh, I hate it. I hated that. The Billy Turner thing at left tackle against the Niners is still yep. still scares me to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, um yeah. overall offense, good. Thumbs up. They're doing it with all the receivers now. All the receivers can get touches. Yep. Um Romeo Dobbs, not a not a great day. Terms of the uh, strong hands uh, branding, I got yeah. hit with a couple of those during the game. <laughs> there were a couple of couple of rough moments for him, um, but man, Bo Bo Melton, what a what a game, <laughs> dude! What I mean, freaking game for this guy. I mean, and you could tell coming out Fungato. right, yeah. yeah, you could tell coming out right of the gate too that that he was going to be a, a big part of the game plan because uh, they got him a couple of um, couple of scheme touches, I think, on the first drive or two. And then he just you know, took off from there, especially when uh, when Reed went out after basically after halftime because Reed had like eight targets in his 23 snaps. Um, so he was going to be going to be the guy. And then, yeah, Melton just kind of took over that role and, and ran with it. I, I saw more out of Melton than I saw out of Toure in the two years that we've had him. Yep. So, and I'm a, you know, I want Toure to succeed. I remember watching him at Montana. He's a Portland kid. I know some of the people who like work with him and stuff like that when he's back home. Um, I know Toure is a guy who works out with love in the off season and all that stuff because they're both on the West Coast. I think Melton's the better football player, and that's yep. really what it boils down to. And 
I mean, Toure, even if he's on, like, the Peace Squad next year, like, you're still having to deal with DuPose, too. Like, this is a pretty, in terms of the depth of the team, like, there's going to be a lot of competition there at wide receiver next year. So, pretty excited this is, about that. Yeah, I think this is one of those instances where, you know, going through the growing pains of having this really young receiver core in the first half of the season or so, um, and, you know, having so many guys rotating in and out of the lineup with injuries, um, just really allowed some of these guys to, to develop and get those reps that they need, um, to, 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 to develop a little. I mean, you've seen it with Wicks. Uh, the more he's been getting worked into the offense, I mean, he almost cracked the 100 yard mark a week or two ago. Um, now Melton's getting in. Reed, I mean, Reed's kind of always been in the game plan from, from day one as a rookie. But the more reps these guys are getting, um, it just seems like they're, they're really blossoming in front of our eyes here. And, and it sets up to be a pretty fun receiver unit for next season. Someone remind me in July to, Get that Sports Illustrated cover with Rodgers and all the receivers and swap out the faces. Obviously, we're going to need more tight ends involved in there. Yep. Um, that will that will be a, a fun <laughs> trolley type of post. Um, did you see in the Slack someone put in uh, Christian Watson's dad and his thoughts on Toure? Oh, no. that was I didn't realize that was Watson's dad. Yeah, it's what uh, – oh, he's, he's tweeting – he, he loves to tweet. Uh, this was his tweet. In reality, so th- uh, this was a quote from Rob Westerman the third, who said, why is Samari Toure on the field? No offense, but hasn't he proven he isn't an NFL player? Goodness gracious. And he quote tweeted, Christian Watson's dad. Um, In reality, Samari is an extremely sure-handed returner. Of course, this play doesn't illustrate that and doesn't have the NFL cachet to overcome too many plays like this. However... He's definitely an NFL level NFL level player. He'd be wide receiver two in Kansas City today. That was all in all caps. Again, this was just horrible timing for that mistake. Hashtag evaluate the full body of work. Um, the full body wrong. of work. <laughs> There's that's not much wrong. to go on here with that full body. body the of the work, full buddy. body of work is taking deep shots to him that don't come down. So, yeah. uh, not to mention that two in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, a team that basically has Reshi Rice and what? You know, the ghost of, of MVS past at receiver. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Richie, I'd take him more, like, I'd take Richie James over him. Give me a shot at Tony. I don't know. There's, yeah. that's not, it's not true. You're <laughs> a bozo for thinking that. Um, let's go like a, Eight and a half, maybe nine. I'm going nine. Like yeah. I, I loved everything that I saw out of this team. I mean, hell, we got a freaking Sean Clifford rainbow to that's to Melton for for thirty. That was awesome. Like that, I I will still stand by my statement that he does not have an NFL arm. We're talking about whether or not somebody has NFL caliber skills, um, because that ball I think was higher than it traveled downfield. Um, but that was that was still a fun moment. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was fun to to get that out of him. <laughs> yep. Um, defensive side of the ball, they made some plays, man. Um, pass rush no. was unstoppable yeah. in this game. Fourteen Preston. hits. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Oh. What did Christian Darisaw do to you? <laughs> what do you say about your family? He found the the fountain of youth or something in this game, man. He was a monster. Yeah. 
I can't. Yeah, I can't remember him having that good of a game in a while. So yeah. that was that was pretty exciting. Um, thought the interior line held up pretty well for you know all these guys are kind of getting a little banged up at this point, and you know the linebacker situation isn't any better. The Isaiah McDuffie injury was weird. Yeah, I thought it was a head just based off of the replay, right? Head or neck? Because um, you know once your neck smushes like that in a three way tackle. Um, it's, it's not a great thing, but then like he was hobbling off of the field. So I thought it was a leg and, you know, he's putting his body weight on other guys and he ended up getting carted. He's not playing against the bears. I I don't know what exactly is the injury there, but he's not playing against the bears. What, what they at least announced, I think officially mid game was that he was, uh, undergoing concussion evaluation. Right. But now that's what flipped me. Back and forth because the timing, right? Yeah. Was, you see the replay. You think it's head or neck. You know, maybe a concussion, but you know, a head or neck. He's standing up, so it's not a head or neck type of thing, right? Like they wouldn't have have done that. Then he's walking off the field. He's putting his weight on two trainers as he's walking off the field. So you're like, it's probably not head or neck concussion. It's probably something in the lower body that we didn't catch. And then they announce it as a concussion, and then the cart comes to the sideline to take him to the locker room. And it's like, whoa, that's – like it was a c- concussion that was bad enough that it, like, impacted his ability to walk off the field and into the locker room, you know, two and five minutes into it, like after yeah. after contact. Like that's – it. That no was he's passing protocol. No, agreed. I mean, I think we're I, – I think Devondre's uh, – made it pretty clear that he's not going to play through anything. So I think we can look forward to a lot of Eric Wilson next to, to Quay on Sunday yeah. against the bears. Yeah. I think that's where we're going to get. And I think Wilson played fine enough. Fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wilson is again, one of those guys who's on a NFL bubble, you know, he gets on really to um, play special teams and stuff like that, but he's not, a. Uh, I mean, all of these guys are so much better than what's his name that from the from TCU. Ty uh, Summers. Good God, dude! That's a guy <laughs> where I'm like, how 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 did that guy last on an NFL roster so long? Is that guy even in like the USFL or whatever the heck they call it? I know they just changed the name of it. Oh man, I don't know, but I'm I'm. He's on the Saints. No way! Holy cow! Well, he's. He's playing exclusively. He has not played a snap on defense. He has only played special team snaps this season. So, good lord, seventy four percent of their special team snaps. But yeah, hasn't hasn't been on the field games. (laughs) How is this dude in the league still? I mean, he can run fast and straight a straight line. So, but that yeah, that's part of the problem. Is like even on special teams, (laughs) you ask him to turn, and it's like, oh my god, right. Whatever, not my team. I don't have to deal with that. So, um, thought the defensive backs played uh pretty well. Um, they had a pretty good game plan for Justin Jefferson, which was basically just you know, hey, if he's in trips, we're just gonna play quarters to it. If he's you know the isolated X receiver, we're gonna play cover two to it. They basically you know have someone in the low zone dealing with it and have someone over the top to put it in the simplest terms. Um. That's basically been their game plan the last couple times that they played Jefferson, and it's kind of worked. So, yeah. I mean, I thought Corey Ballantyne in general had a really good game. I mean, he had the pick mm-hmm. on the tip tip ball over the middle early. Um, he had a couple other pass breakups. 
Um, and I think, you know, one or, you know, one or two completions maybe, but you know, you'll, you'll take that, uh, that type of performance, especially out of, you know, your, your CB four on the, on the boundary right. against a guy like Jefferson. Give me that every day. Yeah. I still think the, the biggest worry for this team is, you know, you spread them out and then you can kind of attack them in the, from, from the slot. Right. And I think that's kind of when we saw like Jordan, uh, Jordan Addison, um, be able to make some plays and stuff like that. So not that worried against that Vikings team because again, they wanted to be so condensed and stuff. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue for the bears either. And except for like third down, I think third down might be able to give the Packers a little bit of a problem. Um, but we'll see how that thing plays out. You know, Justin Fields still needs to deliver the ball. Defense, five checks. I'm going to go. I guess I got to go like an eight, like a 7.58, somewhere around there. I, I'm I'm going to. I, I'm still so scarred from those previous three <laughs> weeks. Like, do do I do I think they're going to play a better game against the Bears, you know, than than that? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that, yeah, I think this defense will play well enough to probably give the, the Packers a really good chance to win the game. Um, but what is my overall level of confidence in this defense, you know, winning a playoff game, especially if they have to go to like, I don't know, they have to end up in the seventh seed and have to go to Dallas, for example. Dude, Dallas is a bad matchup for them. Yeah. You guys don't want to hear that because of McCarthy and stuff. They're going to put CD lamb in the slot and they're going to it's spread gonna, people out and it's going to be ugly. The middle of this yeah. Packers defense alive if they do that. So I am, I am hoping that Detroit ends up, you know, with, with that number two seed, if the Packers get the, the seven, um, I would, I would much rather go to four field, play Detroit, than have to deal with Dallas, especially, uh, especially in the dome. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm at like a five, just I, I'm, I'm done with Barry. I'm also not confident. Like you said, that, after kind of what we saw or didn't see in the locker room that, you know, his job is, is in jeopardy as we all think it should be. So I can't, I can't get myself to, to go above a five right now, just about this defense as a whole. If this pass rush shows up, you know, the way it did on Sunday, um, you know, then any, all bets are off. So, um, but that's, that's kind of the key is, is if they can keep getting pressure like this on, you know, on fields, then on, you know, whoever they might play knock on wood in, in the wildcard around, then, you know, then we'll, you know, we'll have a shot, but I'm just, it's been so sporadic at times um, that I can't bring myself to be more confident than that. Yeah. And we're not going to get that, you know, we're obviously not going to get that five seed. So we're not going to play the NFC uh, South yep. and then three teams you really don't want to see, right? San Francisco, Philadelphia. I think those two are more because of their run games and then Dallas because of, you know they do they they are a little bit more of a traditional like spread west coast offense team than what you're really seeing in the NFL right now where everyone wants to be the under center boot action stuff but you know Dak is more of a kind of Peytony type of quarterback like if you want to think about him like that like he's going to control stuff at the line of scrimmage he's going to want to spread guys out so you have to kind of declare what your defense is going to be and he wants to kind of pick you apart and stuff so We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. The Lions is probably the best matchup for the Packers in that first round. But yeah, I think so. You know, Dallas can't stop the run for crap. So like maybe that that breaks in the Packers' advantage. There's certainly ways 
you know, pass to victory. It's not like they're going to get blown out, I don't think, um, in the first round. But we'll have to see. Um, special teams, we got a muffed punt. Uh, <laughs> we got one kickoff return. We got two punts. Neither of them landed in the 20. We got a missed ex- extra point. But Anders did hit both field goals. I don't like a four. Yeah, uh, you guys look sloppy sometimes, man. I I don't remember any penalties, so that's my only yeah. um my only real saving grace at this point. And I that and I mean Whelan only had to punt twice, so good yeah. job on the offense not giving him did too they, much work. Did they punt after the McDuffie injury? I can't remember what they did. Um, let me see if I because McDuffie head. being hurt, Devondre being out. You know, Quay playing all those snaps. Um, that was so that that injury happened um, with them right on the edge of field goal range. They got back in because that was you know, sacked, lost a ten. They got back and got like a nine yard gain, and then Joseph hit a fifty four yarder. So hmm. that was the yeah. I, w- I wonder if there's. I wonder if someone if if the Bears try to go after their punt protection next week because that's a unit that. They've had to change out a whole lot of stuff um, up front. Again, keep an eye on that extra roster spot. I would assume that they're thinking about bringing back Musgrave. Um, sounded like Musgrave wanted to play this week, but the team isn't going to you know, rush him back to the field. Um, I also wouldn't rush him back to the field if someone has an organ injury. That's a pretty tough thing <laughs> to evaluate. I'd rather be on the uh, safer side than have him deal with that in the offseason. Um, well, and, f- and frankly, Kraft has been so yeah. good and so consistent, you know, just in the last couple of weeks um, and, and doing the yak stuff that they were asking Musgrave to do for most of the season anyway. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think there's any reason to rush him back um, to to that you feel like you need to have him him on the field. Yeah, it would have to be like more injuries at wide receiver in like practice. And then you're just like, we got to play way more 12 or yep. even 13. Um Man, this young offensive unit. So exciting after the first half of the season just being like, are they going to take to coaching ever at, at all? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it, it puts us in a good place. And, hey, we made it almost you know 40 minutes without talking about Jair. So, hey, <laughs> that was fun. Oh, goodness. I guess we <laughs> – no, we got to talk about it. Um, Weird that he got – Suspended for for uh, conduct detrimental to the team. Weird that they said it was multiple events and not just him going out to the coin toss. Don't know really what that means other than, like, maybe they're talking about him talking to the media about when he got hurt in practice and he, you know, said that it was the backup quarter or the practice squad quarterback lining up at a tight end um, who ended up injuring him and stuff like that. Maybe there's more stuff happening behind closed doors, but the way LaFleur talked about it, he was like, yeah, we had a conversation and, you know, communication is going to be better moving forward and it's all solved up. The uh, report that Schefter had where he was like, the Packers are considering trading uh, Jair Alexander, you know, before his, I think it's like an $8 million uh, roster bonus kicks in in March. Don't believe it. I like literally just do the math. That the dead cap to trade Jair would make him the uh, so it would be the highest dead cap ever 
for a non-quarterback in the NFL. It's just not happening. It's not yeah. feasible. He's literally in year one currently of that four-year extension. I know he signed it last year, but he already had that year on the books. They added the four years after that. They converted his salary into a signing bonus this year, which only added more dead cap. Yep. There's no way. There's no I, way it's happening this offseason. No. And, and yeah, looking at the math, um, even if they did it before the roster bonus was due, um, so he's got a, a cap number of 24.3 mil in 2024. So if you do it before the roster bonus comes due, he's still going to ch- cost $19.5 million in dead cap. Yeah, you, you could save a little bit no, of cap so hit. I think that that's only including the uh, signing bonus. I think. So there, uh, to, yeah. It, the, I, the, only, the number that I came uh, up with and Ken checked it off was okay. uh, 27. Was 27 million. And I think that is because it's including uh the the uh what do you call it the salary that got converted into a bonus this year okay. so that's like the restructure bonus or whatever the heck it is yeah then if that's the case if they you know then then that's yeah you're taking a three million dollar hit on your cap just to trade a guy away right who's already got a you know 24 million cap it so no it's it's not it's not happening. it's not happening that roster bonus is is already primed to be a conversion to signing yes. bonus money that's... and that's that's money that's going to get kicked down kicked down the line into the the, the last couple of years of the deal probably add another void year onto 2028 20, or something so no it's i don't i don't see any pathway that he is not on the team in 2024 at the very least yeah so the packers are going to have something like 10 million dollars in cap space if you're looking at it uh right now that's not including things like hey bo milton you might want to give him like the erfa tag right and, you know, that'll be like a million and a half or something like that. And um, you have to sign your rookies and, you know, the Packers are going to have plenty of draft picks. Right. Um, so that's not including any of that, any extensions, any outside signings. Um, I don't expect them to be super active in free agency, but they might look after, uh, you know, add a guy like a Keyshawn Nixon or Devondre Campbell or, you know, some special teams guys, stuff like that. Um, I, I put it on a Twitter poll just so that I could like document where, you know, fans are at, at this point. Um, and the options were, you know, trade Jair, you know, what are the Packers going to do? Trade Jair, keep his contract the same or convert his salary into a signing bonus. I think they're going to convert his salary into a signing bonus and use him as, you know, one of the few ways that the team can create cap space moving forward. So, yep. No, I, there's no way they're getting rid of him. It's just yeah. not happening. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can do about, 13 million in conversion between his roster bonus and his base salary for 24. So you're, you're punting, you know, four fifths of that. So, you know, you can, you can lose about what 11 million or so push it off into future years. I mean, for a team that's as strapped as they are in 24 and then has, you know, as many as things open up as much as they, they do in 25. um, That seems like a pretty easy decision to me. Yeah. Great way to end this. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah hey we just beat the pants off the vikings after kirk cousins went out shirtless and t- pretended to blow the horn to fire up the crowd that's always it. worth that celebrating stupid clap that stupid <laughs> horn. i hate it so much i uh, guess i always think like i'm like oh, we're not rivals with the vikings really like we just think about the bears and beat them down but i do hate that fucking horn and i yep. do hate those claps 
Um, yeah, keep it tuned to the feed. We're going to have stuff up this week. I don't think I'm recording with Andy. Uh, so don't expect anything on Tuesday. Um, look at the injury reports. That's going to be extremely important moving forward. The Packers are doing something with that roster spot. Yep. I don't know what they're, I, I think it's Musgrave. <laughs> Maybe he's playing this week. Maybe he's not going to play until the Bears game. They, they did open up that 21 day window. So if they're going to use him, um, you know, in the playoffs, you know, moving forward, they're going to have to do it at least by the week of the wild card round. So I think that's what they're sitting on that thing for. We'll see. Go pack. Anybody right, talk to you next week. Go Paco. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.